We're moving. Welcome back to the Kingdom Convos podcast. I'm Shannon White, your host. So glad to be with you for another week. For those joining for the first time, I want to say welcome. For those coming back, welcome back, family. I'm happy to be with you. So this week, I'm excited. The topic is, can you see what I see? And um, I want to just explain some things a little bit later on, but I want to jump right in because this is just so good. Um, So let's pray and then we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for just being who you are. We acknowledge you and we invite you to just be with us on this podcast and on this listening journey. I pray for everyone listening and I ask that you would just come and sit on us as we um, indulge in this time with your word. God, I pray that you would bless everyone to have let them have a great week. I pray that your word will be full of revelation and clarity. And I just thank you, Lord, that you will be lifted up in this time. And I just pray and I ask your blessings on everyone who is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, like I said, it's can you see what I see? Um, and so the scripture we're going to be looking at today and kind of walking through is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 22 through 26. And so I'll read it for you, and then I have two things to share, and then we're out of here. So it says, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 22 through 26. And it's talking about the body. It's talking about how we all work together. You know, we everybody has gifts. We all are a part of, a part of Christ's body. And so it says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And so... The topic, can you see what I see, is really about, is really a question from God. Can you see what I see? Um, and so I just want to, before we even get to our two little points, I just want to share the really, the big thing about that was like, you know, God, give me a body mentality. Our our culture and our nation, as far as the U.S. at least, has really put in a me mentality and getting me and mine in order Um but that's not how we're supposed to function. Like I said in verse 26, if one part suffers, so we're all members of one body. So if somebody in your church, somebody in your family, somebody is suffering in the body, they're connected to us and they have a part of our destiny in alignment with us. And so if one part, one part suffers, everybody suffers because somebody's not going to get what they need or somebody's going to be overworked. You know, and if one part is honored and they're doing their thing, then we can rejoice with them. And so I just want to encourage you to have a body mentality as we go out on this week. Um, And so the first thing is I wanted to really break down verse 22 because that thing jumped out like it was nobody's business. So I read it again. It says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Um, So I broke it down. And I know this is really about a family. This is a family podcast. This is about parenting. And I'm going to bring it home for you. Just give me a second. Just stick with me. Um, And so when you look at the word weaker in that scripture, when you get it from the lexicon of where it comes from, it means aste, aste, 
excuse me, and it means without strength. Ask the ace, and it means without strength. And then you have the word indispensable, and that means enan kanayos. Enakanyos. If I'm saying it wrong, forgive me. Amen. But that means necessary or essential. Necessary or essential. So when we look at it using the, the root words of what they really mean, uh, based on the translation, that scripture is basically saying those parts of the body that appear or seem to be without strength are actually necessary or essential. What does that mean for us as parents? I want to challenge us this week to view our kids as being indispensable to the kingdom of God. Because they are the parts of the body that usually are seen to be without strength. We see them as weak. We see them as needing to be covered. We see them as needing to be trained. We see kids as they're just learning. They're growing. You know, they're babies. Um, and so we, we, we see potential but we expect it to be some time before they actually start to move and operate in the kingdom. And so we're just kind of operating, being an example for them. But I want to challenge you that these um, these parts of the body, these little people that are in our house, these little people that are our nieces and nephews, these little people that are in our youth groups, these little people that are in our schools and around us, um, these are the parts of the body they may seem to be without strength, right? They may seem weaker, but they really are necessary and indispensable to the kingdom now. So I want to challenge you to view your kids as indispensable to the kingdom now because they are ministers now, whether they're three, whether they're seven, whether they're 10, 21, 30, they're indispensable now. And so um, as adults, a lot of times we feel like we are the strong ones in our family. Because we, we take the hits, you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, we're the one praying. And when things happen, we have to figure out how to pay the bills. And we're praying and we're asking God what to do. And we have so much that we have to juggle in our lives as adults. So we feel like we're the strong ones. Um, and I don't want to take anything from us because I'm an adult. So I know the struggle can be real, you know. Um, but as a professional counselor and as a mommy and as a youth minister for a long time, I understand um, how it says in the Bible that children are a heritage from the Lord. And the truth is, it doesn't always feel like that, though. Sometimes it's frustrating. You know, sometimes it feels like a burden, you know, to have kids because you got to go from here to there to here to there and there and then back here and then do this and do that. And it can be hard, you know, and, and we see them without strength because they depend they depend on us so much, you know, to do everything. But the word says in 1 John 2 and 14, it says, which is awesome. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you fathers, so parents, because you know him who was from the beginning. And I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. This is really important for our first point as viewing our kids as indispensable to the kingdom now. Because that scripture says, Dear children, because I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. So our children, as young as they may be, they know the Father. They are the example of faith, right? Childlike faith. So God put something in them now. In the same way, um, it says that I write to you, fathers, because we have wisdom. So we know um, who he is from the beginning. And the last thing it says, I write to you, young men, because you're strong. Put it in the Bible. 
um, and it says young men, it could be men, it could be young women. Um, but while God had to tell adults to be strong, it says that the young are already strong. And not only are they strong, but the word of God lives in them. And it goes even further to say they have overcome the evil one. And so this is why it's a challenge to view our kids as indispensable to the kingdom now, as opposed to when they get older. And I want to just have for your consideration the track record of youth doing damage to the kingdom of darkness and blessing God's people. So you have Josiah, who became king at eight. Seven could be debated based on um, theologians, but he was under 10 for sure. You have David, who was a teen and up. You have Hezekiah, who was about 25, so he was a young adult. You have Mary, Jesus' mom, who was a teen, um, sent to carry this big weight. You had Jesus, who was a young kid teaching adults in um, the temple. You have Joseph, who was a dreamer, so he had he saw visions and dreams, and so he operated in the prophetic as a young person. You had Queen Esther, who said, you know, if I die, let me die. She was only a teen, believe it or not. Um, you have Naaman. He had a young maid who gave him some advice um, in Second Kings chapter 5. And then you had the little boy who gave up his lunch, which was two fish and five loaves of bread, um, for that big miracle that we know about. Of the 5,000 people plus. And the list just goes on and on and on. Um, but even myself, just bringing it to present day, there have been times that my son or my daughter had given me the best hugs after a long day when they've seen me. Um, or even if I'm just doing something, they'll just come and give me a big hug or a big kiss. And they, those hugs or those kisses, if you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or whoever, sometimes those hugs and kisses are just so amazing and they're what you need at that moment. And a lot of times we just brush it off. But I believe that's God's way of hugging us through them. Um, and that could be the gift of exhortation or the gift of hospitality. You know, I have some adult friends who, when they hug you, it's just like, oh, it just feels so yummy. You know, but as when our kids do it, when my kids have done it for me, sometimes it was just what I needed at that moment. And God used them to encourage me and to just give me that, you know, push to get over for the night. Um, or just to get through the evening, you know. Uh, my son has prayed for things in his nightly prayers, um, things that I've wanted, things that we kind of talked about a little bit, but he brought them up. We didn't just talk about it before he went to bed, but he brought it up and it actually encouraged me. Um, and then there was another time where I know that my son operates in the prophetic. Um, and so he's come to me. I know there was a time I was brushing my teeth, minding my business, not talking to anybody. And my son came to me one time randomly and he goes, mommy, don't eat and it will come. And I was like, what? And he was like, don't eat and it will come. And I was like, who is this kid? Uh, but he doesn't know. And we weren't talking about it. But God had just dealt with me about fasting. Um, and that's what I needed to do. So God used him to give me that confirmation that this is what you need to do. You know, some come by fasting and praying. And so um, there were even times when, again, words of encouragement, words of wisdom or knowledge. My son would just be talking. And um, there was a time when he told me, mommy. Um, do the hard stuff. And I was debating doing, you know, and dealing with some stuff randomly. And so that's why, and it encouraged me and he has no clue of what he's saying, but it's those type of things that God will use them now. They're indispensable to the kingdom now. My five-year-old encourages me now. Um, and it's not scripted. 
It's by God's divine and it's by his gifts that he's been given. And so that's why I want to encourage you that, yes, we train our kids. Yes, we're teaching them and we're showing them the way. But as is written in the word, you know, they're strong and they have the word of God in them and they overcome the evil one. And so they know the father. The Bible uses them as the example of faith. And so I want to challenge us all to begin to view our kids as indispensable to the kingdom now. That was the biggest thing from that verse. That's the first point. Remember, looking at those parts of the body that may seem weaker, but that are really indispensable, just like our kids, because they have people that they're assigned to at this point in their life also. So our kids have the same childlike faith needed to move mountains, to move strongholds, to move giants, just like the people in the Bible, the young people in the Bible. Because we know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so at the end of the day, what we know is that how he used people in the Bible, he can use our kids also. So the second point that I wanted to bring out was discover who your kids are. So if I was to ask you, who are your kids in the spirit? Yes, they may be um, good at, at sports. Yes, they may be really talented musically. Um, but who are they in the spirit? You know, um, what are their gifts? Um, and... Could you answer that? You know, and I know we we our society has been built to kind of take them here and do this and kind of keep them always occupied to keep them out of trouble. But I honestly believe that is a device of the enemy to keep our family so busy that we can't answer that question accurately and in the spirit. So if you don't know who your kid is in the spirit, um, ask God. I want to challenge you to ask God who they are, because from the scripture, again, they may seem weaker, but. They're actually indispensable. So David's dad, we know about King David, David and Goliath. When Samuel came to anoint David when he was young, David's dad didn't even bring him out from the fields. You know, he was like, I know they got another son out there, but he surely is not the king, you know. So David's dad overlooked him. Joseph, who has a, you know, Joseph with the coat of many colors, his dad loved him, right? We know that that was um, Israel. That's who he ended up being, Jacob. Um, but he... When Joseph told him his dreams and what God gave him, the visions God gave him, it says that his dad rebuked him, but that he also kept it in his heart. And the Bible talks many times about how Mary pondered certain things that Jesus did and kept it in her heart. And so as parents, what do your kids do that you keep in your heart? What things do they continually do? What things come up that can show you who they are to God's kingdom? And so I want to challenge us to give them room in our house to show up in the spirit. You know, when you know who you are as a person, whether you're a young person or an adult, when you know who you are, you show up differently. When you know your worth, you behave differently. You have a different confidence. You have a different swag. And so I want to submit to you that if our kids would know who they are in the spirit, if they would know what it means to tap into God, to know the supernatural realm of God, to know how he moves and how he answers them. If they knew that this thing that I do, is really a gift to my to my peers and to my family, they would show up differently. And so when I was little, I used to pray for a long time. And my mom and my family can attest to this, that I will pray and my husband even joked about it a couple of weeks ago when his family was in town. I could pray that when I was little for a long time over Thanksgiving dinner, and maybe giving me the side eye. But I didn't know, and a long for a long time I struggled with what my gifts were because it wasn't just out there like singing and dancing and things like that. But that's what, what that was one of my gifts is I'm an intercessor, and so that's why I would pray for so long. Um, it was annoying, and the food would get cold, but. 
I didn't know who I was in the spirit until I got older. That's why when I was in college, I would wake up before school or class and go into the study hall and pray for 30 minutes. That was a part of who I was. But it took me a long time to identify with that and come to grips with that. And so if I would have figured that out earlier, I could have had more courage and confidence to keep going and, and exploring what that meant. Um, and I maybe could have avoided some things for me or for some other people who were connected to me. And so in First Chronicles chapter 31, again, this goes with discovering who your kids are now. Hezekiah gave even the three-year-olds who were supposed to be Levites the bread that was due to the Levites. You know how the people, the community, back in the day, they fed the priests and Levites. They provided for them. So even if you were as young as three, they started to train them in the way that they should go. And that was so important because a lot of times we wait until kids are a little bit older um, to really explore who they are in the Bible and in the body of Christ and what they're going to be doing. But in the Bible, they started as young as three. And so I just want to challenge you again to discover who your kids are. Again, they may seem as if they're the weaker vessel, but they're indispensable. It says he called them because they're strong and God's word is in them and they overcome the enemy. And so I just want to challenge you um, on this week to begin to see your kids as little ministers in the gospel. You know, the Bible tells them that they should be examples to, to all believers in conduct and purity and faith. You know, and, 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 and so I just want to just say, if you want to explore that, I want to invite you to join me on our challenge for October to unlock your kids' gifts. I'm the founder of Kingdom Convos. The purpose of my business is simply to make our kids know who God is and to make them confident in who they are. Um, because there's a lot of distraction. There are a lot of competing forces for their attention, for their love. And they got to know who God is. They've got to know that miracles still happen. They've got to know that who they are is perfect just the way they are. And so if you want to go deeper and figure out who is my son, who is my daughter, if you want to go deeper um, and say, yeah, I, I want to explore that with my son and my daughter. I need to find, I want to find ways to um, tweak our schedule to make it so that I can really hone in on who they are so that they're confident in that and so they have strength and courage to be who they are according to God's word. I want to invite you to join us for our, our October Reset Challenge. If you're interested, um, look in the show notes. You can always email me at kconvos with a V, kconvos at gmail.com. I can give you more information but it's time out for the enemy just to do what he wants to do. I just believe that God wants to just raise up some children of God who are just unashamed and who know who they are and who sees miracles and wonders just on a regular basis. And so if that's you, if you are a parent who are like, yeah, let's get it going. I need to just make sure my kid knows who they are. Join us for this October challenge. And if you're like, I'm not ready to join the challenge with a group of other you know, parents, that's cool. Let's do a one hour session and let's figure out who your kid is in the spirit so that we can make sure they show up and how they present themselves with their friends when you're not around, when they're with family is who God says they are. So I'm excited to talk with you guys next week. Again, remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Remember that God is with you. Remember, we're doing our prayer initiative. We are here. So if you want to pray with us once a month to cover our children, our neighborhoods and our schools, again, email me at kconvos at gmail.com. You can always visit our website at kingdomconvos.org or check out the show notes. And we are here and we believe God to do great and amazing things. So I love you. 
Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God because the enemy does not like that. We are tapping into who God says our kids are. But we know that God is great and greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. So go be strong. I love you all. I can't wait to talk to you next week. And we will talk soon. Be blessed.